Tonight on Huckabee, the Romica family's impending deportation, delusions of David Berlin, Gordon Logan helps a hero, sitting on go with Brian White. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey, and now, here's Mike This is one of the best audiences we've had in a long time. I love the energy that they brought with them. Yes. Well, just in case you've been in a coma all week, here are some happenings you should know about. The second Republican debate was held at the Reagan Library in California with seven candidates on the stage. Another game show pretending to be a debate. I mean, no one's sort of above the fray. But DeSantis had a decent night, mainly because he didn't rudely interrupt others and talk over them. Mickey Haley was having a good night until her personal attacks against Vivek Ramaswamy went nuclear, and she came across sometimes as shrill, giving Vivek an opportunity to rise above it with the look of a happy warrior. And he helped himself in not returning a cheap shot with another cheap shot. Now, I still wish these events would allow the candidates to control the topics instead of TV hosts, and that each candidate would be given exactly the same amount of time. I also wish for world peace and ice cream and pony rides for everyone. <laughs> now, the candidate who wasn't there, but who continues to hold a 30, 40, 50-point lead over all the other Republican candidates is, of course, Donald Trump. He's the only candidate... <laughs> Looks like he holds that lead here. <laughs> he is the only candidate who doesn't need to debate to get attention. Even if some of the attention he gets, he'd probably rather not have. In fact, in New York, where crime, high taxes, and illegal immigrants overrun the state's resources, another official reminds us why so many people are fleeing the Empire State. Another New York judge ruled this week that Donald Trump exaggerated the value of some of his properties. Oh, boy. This judge was specific in saying that the luxurious Mar-a-Lago property in Palm Beach, Florida, is only worth $18 million. Now, I want you to understand, it's 20 oceanfront acres, 162,000 square feet of development. Forbes estimated it's worth somewhere between 350 and 725 million dollars, probably a lot closer estimate of its value than a hyper-partisan Trump-hating New York judge gave it. I've been to Mar-a-Lago several times. I want to tell you something. If I could buy it for 18 million, I'd sell both kidneys and close that deal today. Yeah. Well, come to think of it. Actually, I'd sell one of Trey's kidneys. Uh, his are much younger, and they would probably bring more. So anyway, there are reports that 80-year-old Joe Biden's staff are so afraid of him continuing to fall that they're trying to keep him from events in which he has to walk most anywhere. However, 
We have been able on this show to obtain exclusive video of a new kind of safety suit that has been purchased for the president to prevent injury in the event that he falls. I want you to take a look at this suit. Pretty cool. I mean, if you fall, it's like an airbag. It goes off and protects your head, your back, your legs, basically bubble wraps you. I think that is a great idea for the White House staff. And we have it on good authority. The president is getting one of those. Well, in other news, we've seen another crazy crime wave in another Democrat-run big city, this time Philadelphia, where a mob of youths overran the city center, rioting and looting and make it an impossibility for the police to stop it. But don't think it was just about robbing high-end clothing stores or the Apple store. Nope. It's all about ending poverty and making sure people have something to eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. Everybody must eat. You know, it looks like she's had something to eat, to be honest with you. But I'm not sure that this whole thing is really about putting groceries on the table, unless the looters really like eating iPhones. Uh -huh. Free iPhones! Free iPhones! Free iPhones! I always had to buy mine, you know? Anyway, if you see a large mob of rioters breaking store windows, fighting with police officers, and looting hundreds of thousands of dollars of jewelry, electronics, and purses, just remember, they aren't really thieves. They're not violent criminals. They're just mostly peaceful protesters, just looking for some bread. Things were thrown back and forth. Police started using some of those crowd dispersal tactics like tear gas, even playing uh, very loud sounds to push them out. Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money, so you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shoplift some bread or go hungry. Thank you so much, AOC. You make us proud explaining all this because these are just people stealing from clothing stores and jewelry stores because they're shoplifting some bread. Huh? I'm not sure how they eat those fine fashions or why they thought they could get a loaf of Wonder Bread from the Gucci store, <laughs> but I'm sure AOC knows best. <laughs> the Ramica family are devout evangelical Christians who fled Germany in 2008 to escape persecution for the horrific crime of homeschooling their five children. That was the reason that they had to flee Germany. They thought their children were their responsibility and not the government's. The Ramikis sought asylum and made a new home for themselves here in the United States. And for the last 15 years, they've lived in East Tennessee. But now they face the heart-wrenching prospect of deportation back to Germany where their beliefs are still at odds with German law. Now, in a desperate plea to the Biden administration, they're asking for sanctuary and a chance to continue living the American dream. I want you to welcome to the show Uva and Hannah Laura Remica and Homeschooling Legal Defense Association attorney Kevin Bowden. Hello. 
I've got to tell you guys, this is one of the most just compelling stories that I've heard in a long time. And Uva, I want to start with you. You're a father. You've got uh, five children, six children? Seven children. Uh, seven children, yes. Uh, okay. They just keep coming, don't they? <laughs> but you came, there were five of them when you came. That's right. That's 15 years ago. And you just wanted to live your lives. You, you weren't asking the government of America to provide you housing no. or health care or anything. Just let us live our lives and homeschool our children because you love God. Uh, you want to raise them in biblical principles. And it's for a while been okay, but now they've suddenly come and said, bring your passports. They're going to deport you to Germany where you well would be arrested and face heavy fines and have your children virtually taken from you. What on earth? What's the story here? Well, Governor, thank you for having us. And uh, yeah, we came here looking for free, seeking for freedom. And um, after now 15 years, we were told uh, we have to go to that ICE office once a year to check in in person. And this time we were told to come back with passports and then self-deport. And, and just take off and go back to Germany. What happens if you do self-deport and go to Germany? The reason why we actually actually fled Germany was when they changed the law so that they could take away the children from families without even having a court hearing. That was for us the point, you know, to, to leave, to flee and to seek asylum here. You know, what is so remarkable here in America, homeschooling is rapidly growing. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of parents are homeschooling their children. And I think the pandemic where people were forced to homeschool only accelerated it. And what you're telling me is that in Europe and specifically in Germany, it's not that it's expanding. They are cracking down and saying, no, you're not allowed to do that. We will take your children away from you mm -hmm. if you do it, mm -hmm. if you act like a parent mm -hmm. and decide what's best for your children. Right. Kevin, I know you're the attorney for the family and you're trying to help them. Um, have you ever seen anything quite like this before? We have not, at least not for a family that came here that's been model residents of this country for 15 years to suddenly say, it's time to go home to a country that you left so long ago. Hannah, Laura, I'm curious as a mom, what does this do to you when you think that a government wants to take your children away from you? Um, it, you know, I, I will protect them <laughs> like I did back in Germany, um, but the, the older ones I can't protect as much here, you know, and I want to just spare them from that heartache again. And, you know, the thought, you've gone every year, as you were asked to do, to show up and let them know, hey, things are fine, we're, you know, we're still here. Here's what I don't understand. Millions, not thousands, millions of people have crossed our southern border. They don't check in with anybody. Uh, they say they're seeking asylum, but there's no evidence in some cases that there's really um, someone trying to take their children away from them. In fact, some of them have their children taken away on the journey here, turned into sex slaves, so it's a horrible thing. And these are people who are not being deported. So this is hard for me to understand. Why would the U.S. government make you want to leave the country when you've not even asked for government assistance, but the millions that have come across, they're told, don't worry about it. Maybe if you come back in three years and show up for a hearing, maybe you will, maybe you won't, but we're not going to do anything if you don't. 
How could that possibly be right? Kevin, how can we help this family? Well, it's not right is, is the short answer. And so there's, there's a couple of things that I hope folks will do. Um, they can sign a petition, go to hslda.org slash Romica, uh, sign the petition there. What we hope to do is just demonstrate broad support across the country for this wonderful family. And in addition to that, Representative Harshberger has filed a private bill in the House of Representatives. That's been sent to the House Judiciary Committee. Jim Jordan's the chair of that committee. And according to updated policy from ICE, if there's a private bill, private bill filed and there's a request from the committee for an investigative report from ICE, that will provide an effective stay of any removal action. So that committee can request this report from ICE, and that would allow at least the Ramaikas some temporary respite. It's not a long-term solution, but it would provide some short-term uh, respite from the situation. So every single person watching this show needs to contact their own congressman and senator, but particularly their congressman. Yes. Ask them to support the Ramaikas, but also ask them to support this bill and to, uh, to try to get uh, the House Judiciary Committee under the leadership of Jim Jordan uh, to make sure that this that at least gives them some temporary help. Is, it, is that what they can do? That's what they can do. And they Absolutely. can pray for them. I mean, I, I don't want to minimize the fact that praying for this family is an important part of helping them because, you know, when you've got two governments basically trying to destroy this family, God's bigger than both those governments and Amen. all of them combined. Amen. Amen. And we need to remember that. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to introduce you to the entire Romiki family after the break. Do not go away. You'll meet all of their children. And you'll, you'll ask yourself, do we really need to send these people away? I got a list of some folks I'd be happy to send in their place. And we'll talk about that later. We'll be right back. Here's Keith. Coming up, Gordon Logan's veteran program celebrates its 10-year anniversary. And later, award-winning singer-songwriter Brian White performs. That's all ahead on Huckabee. Huckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. And welcome back, everybody. We're back with the Romaga family who are facing deportation to Germany after being in America for 15 years. Daniel is 26, his wife Hannah. We also have Joshua, age 23, Christian, age 21, Damaris, 18, Sarah, age 12, and Rebecca, age 10. They're all here, and very nice to have you. I want to tell you, none of you guys look very dangerous to me. I think you all look uh, quite delightful, and I'd love to see you stay, and we're going to do everything we possibly can, and we're going to ask our audience to do everything we can to try to help you stay. Let me just ask, tell me about your experience as a young person. You came 15 years ago to America. Did you like it when you first got here? Absolutely. Was, <laughs> that was the right answer, by the way. We want to make sure. Uh, tell us what you liked about America when you came. Well, the freedom. The freedom we can experience here to homeschool, to practice our faith, to... Um, 
and all the support that we had from friends, family. Um, it was just a great experience. If there was a deportation, because you're married, would you be able to stay? Not at this moment. It doesn't look like it. They would make you leave and leave your wife, Hannah, behind. That, that, I can't even begin to get my arms around the insanity of that. Hannah, what would that, what would that do to you? I'd be devastated, obviously. I'm currently in nursing school, so I wouldn't be able to go to Germany with him for about eight more months. So. Well, that's all the more reason we don't need that to happen. Um, Sarah, yours is an easy name for me to remember for reasons I don't know. Um, but this must be frightening to you. Were you born here in the U.S., right? Yes. So you are a citizen, correct? Yes. Can they still deport you? Or just deport your parents and say, good luck, kiddo, you're on your own. Well, they would probably either put me in foster care and then I would be, according to news, I would be um, tested and just horrible things would happen to me. I just can't even imagine that. Uh, Uva, as a dad, I mean, obviously you love your family. You've made huge sacrifices for them so that you can raise them in a biblical atmosphere. What goes through your mind on a daily basis when you think about having to fight for your families staying together? When we first came here, God really led us here. He opened all the doors. Um, so it was miracle after miracle, uh, first of all, to come here to, and then to get to stay. Uh, we had ups and downs, but God was always faithful, and we trust him uh, because we made this experience in the past for him to do the same now and in, in the future. Anna Laura, uh, I asked you before... I asked you before as a mom... Uh, how this was affecting you. But, you know, as I look at your family, a beautiful family, and I'm thinking, I don't know of any community in America that wouldn't be thrilled to have you guys living amongst them. But what is the, the nightmare that you have to think about on a daily basis? I just want to testify that we really have peace, you know, mm -hmm. that Lord has promised us peace. And for me, it's a test and, and you know, this is like a storm. Hmm. And uh, the Lord told me, you know, storms you don't fight, you hide. You hide in a shelter. That's where I go. Hmm. I go under, under his wings to hide, you know, and he will prepare a way. I believe that he can do something. So many are praying for us, you know, and it's powerful for us. We felt it before. It's like a peace covering us. And so I want to encourage the people, we feel your prayers hmm. and they are powerful like the Bible says. What a beautiful way to approach it. I, I just can't begin to tell you how passionate I feel about all of us helping this family. And if you want to learn more about this case and also the Homeschool Legal Defense uh, Fund, you can go to Huckabee.tv. We have links to the family, links to the Homeschooling Defense Association, and uh, help them. Pray for them. Please reach out to your member of Congress. Don't put that off. Do it immediately and keep doing it. Let's get with this family. Let's help them. They want to be here, and they've shown that they are responsible and juxtaposed against these folks who have come and tried to do everything the right way. Our government has said to millions of others, 
who have no sign of support, who have no convictions about raising children like this, yeah, come on in. Folks, we, we, we just can't let this happen to this family. Please help us. Right now, Keith Bilbrey, he's going to do a little schooling himself. He'll school us on what's coming up. Well, after the break, prepare to laugh at the news on In Case You Missed It. Then later, mystifying magician David Merlin performs on Huckabee. Welcome back. Boy, I hope our audience, both in television and here in the studio, will help and get behind this family. I've never seen anything, never heard of anything so insane in my life. Oh, unbelievable. It's just, we've got to stand with them and see what we can do to help. You bet. By the way. Yep. And, you know, I'll tell you what I think would help them is if we turn Trey Corley and the Music City Connection loose on the government and they heard great music, it might calm them down and the government might change. But let's give the best band in America a big hand. Great yeah. Music City Connection. Well, let's lighten the mood a little bit from raccoons chasing soccer games to deafening burps. Yeah, that's right. We've got all the news that you didn't expect to come up on In Case You Missed It. All righty, let's start with at least one of my favorite things, New Guinness World Records. Oh, yeah. A YouTube and TikTok influencer named Kimberly Winter set a new women's record, didn't know there was such a thing, a women's record for the world's loudest burp. Well, we've got grandsons that could probably... Stay in the contest. 107 decibels. That's a, <laughs> hey, that's as loud as a motorcycle without that's a muffler. That's a burp, boy. I mean, we've got some video, but since I didn't feel like listening to the actual burping, <laughs> we put some other sound effects in with it. Take a look. I mean, this is insane. We, we've got some other sounds, but listen to this. 107 decibels. Who would want to be the world burp champion? Trey, Trey, what key is she in? Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. She says her secret was drinking both coffee and beer with breakfast. Oh. Oh, God. By the way, the men's record for loudest burp is a much louder 112.7 decibels. Wow. And it's held by Trey. <laughs> yeah. I heard he rattled the windows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is yet another sport where women had better hope men never start competing with them. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Hey, speaking of things that you expect men to come up with, Indian martial artist Naveen Kumar set a new world record by smashing 273 walnuts in one minute with his forehead. Here's what that looked like. Look at this. He's banging those walnuts with his head. Yeah. You know, walnuts are not exactly thin. You're, you're kind of hitting home with me now. Uh, it's a whole you know, thick this is crazy. Anyway, afterwards, his head felt like mine does after listening to Kamala Harris talk. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, the previous record for smashing walnuts with your head was held by Keith. That's right. Which explains a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm quite frank, I'm still pretty upset about this. I, Are you? I laid that record down and I thought, at least in my lifetime, it would never be broken. Well, you know what? I think we still have a commercial for the show that you did for Branson or in Branson oh, back do? in the 90s. Let's, let's play it if we've got it right. Yeah. You've seen every show in Branson, but rest assured, you've never seen a show like this. Keith and You've seen the musicals. You've seen the comedy acts. Oh, Keith. I didn't know you had so much dark hair ever oh, in your life. Those were the days, my friend. Look at this. This was when you were able... Look at this. Yeah, see, I don't bend over on the table. I, I actually smash. I was going to say, you were smashing up on your forehead. Yeah. Wow. The crowd loved it. What year was this? I'd rather not think about it. <laughs> I still have, uh, you know, some scars some, there. You know, I wonder where those came from. Now yeah. I know it's from the walnuts. It's from, well, that must have been a heck of a show that you were in. I mean, did you sell any tickets? Nope, we sold a lot of walnuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on in Salt Lake City, Utah. A Major League Soccer game got stopped for a rain delay when it suddenly started raining raccoons. A raccoon that was probably trying to escape from the rain suddenly came crashing through the press box ceiling. Reporters called it the worst fall and crash at a soccer game since Megan Rapino. <laughs> know who she is, Keith? <laughs> I vaguely remember, yes. yes. Anyway, the raccoon wandered around for a while and tried to get some free popcorn, but it had forgotten its press credentials. Stadium <laughs> staffers eventually rounded up the raccoon and released it. Anyway, the incident made history as the first time anything really exciting ever happened at a soccer game. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, the smokinggun.com brings us this Huck's criminal mastermind story. A man was arrested outside a Mexican restaurant in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for assault for throwing a handful of takeout rice at a couple through their car window. The rice missed the man and hit the woman in the passenger seat. The police report said nobody was injured. It was rice, not ricin. <laughs> anyway, there is a variety of rice. I bet you didn't know this, Keith. It's called bomba. I did not know that. But this guy was not a bomba thrower. <laughs> I said he wasn't a bomba thrower. And luckily it was... Yes, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Trey. That's exactly luckily, how I feel. it wasn't long grain rice, because that could put your eye out. Yeah. This guy was also charged with battery, but his lawyer insists that he never threw any batteries. <laughs> anyway. Keith, they're not that funny. They're turning on us. Okay. They are turning uh, on us. I know some lawyers like that. Anyway, the couple was not injured by having rice thrown at them, but they do have to get married now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, finally, our cute animal video of the week comes from Riverside, Florida. Here it is right here. Watch this. Look at this. Someone spotted the Ultima Florida man riding in the back of a boat and drinking a beer while his <laughs> dog drove the boat. Wow. <laughs> TikTok users call the dog his designated driver. <laughs> well, before that dog tries to drive its owner home, yeah. we're going to get out of his way. But until next time, remember, we read the news. Business executive Gordon Logan gives us lots back to veterans. He joins us after the break. Then later, Brian White sings a fan favorite. That's all still ahead on Huckabee.
In the aftermath of a tragedy, many are left feeling hopeless and even forgotten. Through Samaritan's Purse, we have the opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ and help put lives back together. Samaritan's Purse has made it their mission to help bring practical and physical relief, as well as restore hope to those who need it most. Now, if you've not already done it, I hope you'll call Samaritan's Purse or visit their website and consider joining that mission today. Thanks and God bless. Well, as a Vietnam veteran, Gordon Logan decided early on that he wanted to help give back to those who serve our great nation. He returned home from Vietnam and he eventually started a little business called Sports Clips. It's grown from humble beginnings to the big time, 1,900 stores in all 50 states. His success allowed him to start the Help a Hero Scholarship. It works with the VFW to send veterans back to school. This fall, this group is celebrating 10 years of changing veterans' lives with the hopes of a brighter future. Please welcome to the show, Gordon Logan. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Gordon. You were a commander in the Air Force, flew C-130s. Uh, I don't know how the military could function without the C-130s. They're the workhorse of our armed services. Uh, it was, it's a real workhorse and uh, it'll do almost anything, go almost anywhere, so. When, when you came back from service, one of the things you did was you went to MIT, got a degree, Horton School of Business, one of the most respected business schools. Was it during that period when the idea first came to you for sports clips? <laughs> no, it was much later. Much later. But <laughs> um, how did that even happen? How was it you said, I'm going to do this franchise thing where hundreds and hundreds, now thousands of sports clips where people can go get their hair cut? I was working as a consultant with Price Waterhouse in Houston um, back in the 70s. And I uh, read an article in the Wall Street Journal one morning about this hair care franchise. And to make a long story short, I became a franchisee. And then eventually another franchisee and I bought that system and became a franchisor. And then in the early 90s, we sold that system and started Sport Clips. And, uh, you know, the idea is that people can come get their hair cut, watch sports stuff on TV. I mean, it's, it's really designed to get guys to feel comfortable about getting a haircut. Well, the, the, the hair salon business is very competitive. There's several hundred thousand salons out there. Most of them catered to the ladies. And 30 years ago, nobody was paying any attention to the men and boys market. And we felt like it was an opportunity if we created something that catered to men and boys and trained our stylists to execute those haircuts uh, and in and, a pleasant environment. And uh, we put a lot of emphasis on the experience. So we want our clients to come in and feel good about themselves and, and um, enjoy their time with us. I, I think that as passionate as you are about the business you created, I've, I've never seen anyone with more passion for what you've started with Help a Hero Foundation. And you partnered with the VFW. What is that the Help a Hero Foundation is able to do that right now isn't getting done for these veterans? Well, we saw a need uh, for veterans who are transitioning from a military to a civilian career. Uh, they need some assistance in, in many cases. And so we, st we actually started working with the VFW almost 15 years ago when the troops were over in the Middle East and Operation Uplink, free phone calls home. But as those troops came home, we saw a need to uh, help them make that transition. So it's, uh, our program to date, we've awarded over 2,700 scholarships. 
and it's up to $5,000 a semester. Hmm. Um, we've raised almost $13 million for that program. Uh, Fantastic. On Veterans Day this year, something pretty special happens that will be helpful to the Help a Hero. Two things. One, veterans get a free haircut that day. Pretty, pretty nice deal. Yeah, our campaign every year, we start um, October 8th, runs through um, Veterans Day on November 11th. And on November 11th, veterans and active duty can come in sport clips and get a free haircut. And also, any of the other clients, uh, paid haircuts, we donate $2 of that to the fund. Usually raise uh, over $100,000 that way. Hmm. And for seven years running now, we've uh, raised over a million dollars. That's a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. Um, what happens in these veterans' lives? They, they get to go to school, and maybe it's a trade, maybe it's college, but they get to expand their education. Yes. I'm sure there have been stories. Some guy comes up to you and says, Gordon, thanks to Help a Hero, my life changed. We have had a lot of stories like that. And just recently, uh, Jerry, Jerry uh, Van Landenham up in uh, Minnesota just got his doctorate. In, in nursing. He's, uh, Jeremy is an Army veteran. He's a two-time recipient of our scholarship, and now he's uh, working with the VA and will be a nurse uh, uh, anesthetist. Uh, we have another one uh, just graduated with a master's degree out of the University of Texas in public affairs. And, um, we have doctors, we have lawyers, um, all kind of different things. And a lot, really interesting, a lot of the veterans are entering in fields where they can help other veterans going to work with the VA or, or other ways to, to give back to their fellow uh, soldiers and sailors. Gordon, when you came back from Vietnam, there were not a lot of parades for you guys. There were not a lot of accolades and appreciation. Did that factor in your desire to make sure that no veteran ever comes home again and says, there's nothing for me, nobody cares? Well, you know, I really didn't feel like I'd needed a welcome home because I really felt honored to be able to serve. I, I was active duty in the Air Force for five years and then two years in the reserves. But um, it's been a really uh, heartwarming to see how our team members, we have about 13,000 team members around the country, uh, they get behind this, most of them in their 20s or early 30s, and they really support this program and our clients and our suppliers. So it's, it's a great way to raise awareness and keep top of mind that we have veterans who've sacrificed a lot for us and it's one way we can give back and also raises awareness for the VFW. And the VFW mm -hmm. does a lot for veterans. Gordon, I appreciate what you're doing for the people of America, our veterans, and you should head over to any of the Sport Clips 1900 stores, not hard to find them, and make a donation to the Help a Hero Scholarship Program between now and November 11th. And November 11th, as we say, it's Veterans Day, and Sports Clips will offer free cuts to veterans and active duty to thank them for their commitment to this great nation. For all the information, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we have direct links to tell you exactly what you need to do for the next step. Speaking of heroes, Keith Bilbrey, he's kind of a hero of mine, and he's going to tell us what's coming up on the show right now. Well, coming up, Brian White is here to perform a classic country song you're sure to remember. But first, magical illusions by the incredible David Berlin, all tonight on Huckabee. Stage is clear, good job everybody, that's it for 
Echo Block. We'll be back in one minute. Next week, we celebrate our seventh season on the air with former U.S. Congressman Doug Collins and a special tribute to Bobby Caldwell. Don't miss it. Welcome back. Brian White has won just about every award that a country music star can win, including the CMA, the ACM, and Grammy Awards. He's had 21 chart hits, six number ones. Now, I'm happy for all of his success, but I got to tell you, I'm still a little annoyed that he edged me out for People's Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People list. I don't know how. Please give a big Huckabee Show welcome to Brian White. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. You too. Thank you. I have a feeling as people see us together, they'll say, yeah, I see how he edged you out. <laughs> it's uh, for sure. You know, quite a career. You're also, in addition to four and a half million sales of your own album, you were a part of the largest selling female album of all time in country music with Shania Twain. That mm -hmm. must have been a big deal. It was. Uh, I, you know, she could have called anybody in the world, and she called me, and uh, it was just one of the thrills of my life. It's talk about residual. I mean, I go all over the world, and I hear it in grocery stores. <laughs> I hear it on every format of radio, and uh, it uh, just such a. You look back, and and you just go, gosh, I can't believe I was part of that. You know. Is it hard to give birth to a song? You write it, you put it together, and then you hand it off to somebody. It is, and and there were a few back in the '90s that were somewhat political. I, you know, you, when you've got a label and management and, and kind of a big team, you know, you uh, they will sort of steer you away from recording certain songs, and you kind of butt heads on different things. And there was a few songs that were ended up being recorded by some artists and became hits. And I was like, "See, I told you," you know. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to ever say. I could have been a contender. You know, you yeah, should have yeah, exactly. recorded my own song like that. Exactly. You have had also an amazing success in Asia. I, I don't think of country music and Asia as sort of fitting together. Why have you been a big hit there when so many other country artists have never made their mark in Asia? Um, Governor Mike, it's, it's weird. I, I think... Uh songs take on a life of their own. It's funny, This there's a song called God Gave Me You that I had out, and it was a single in 1999, and not to be confused with Blake Shelton's God Gave Me You, they're two different songs, but it was a very, it wasn't really a big hit in the States, and a TV show in uh, the Philippines picked it up, and it became a, a couple, a couple made it their song on this TV show, and it just you know, it, it put it into the orbit, you know, out, out of the, uh, the atmosphere. And all of a sudden, I ended up going to Asia and started touring there and playing. And uh, the song just became a massive hit over there. So it's, you know, you never know where your music's going to end up. Well, yours has ended up all over the world and in a whole lot of people's uh, music system, whether it's, uh, you know, downloaded and streamed to their devices or on their home systems. And I have a feeling after tonight, it's going to just soar to the top. You're on the Huckabee <laughs> Show, man. We're grateful. excited to have you here, Brian. Thank we you. Truly I'm grateful, are. grateful. Well, Keith Bilberry, he's getting ready to uh, tell us what's all going on. Brian and I are going to go get ready to play. And Keith, why don't you tell us how we can keep up with Brian White and get his music? To find all of Brian's music, social media sites, and current tour dates, or to request a show at your venue, just visit Huckabee.tv. 
Now, performing his number one hit, Sitting on Go, with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection at Mike on Bass, here's Brian White. Second or so Ooh, baby, come and get 